on our last podcast episode, we were so excited to talk about when we exit from our investment. So today we're going to discuss more investing exit strategies, and you're listening to the Investing Mastermind podcast. I'm Michelle Markey. And I'm Sina Lundholt. So today, like we mentioned toward the end of our previous episode, we reviewed sometimes when we exit a stock in the stock market. And you could also think of other assets, like maybe if you bought a house that you intended as a rental property, maybe you might want to think about when you exit out of an investment like that. But because we're more of a stock market-based podcast, we're going to focus on stock market investing related exit strategies. And we talked about a similar mindset when we talked about in our episode 17, when to sell stocks, and we're going to elaborate on some of that. So you may have heard us talk about some of these things before, but we may have a different spin on it today. So Sina, why don't you let us know about what you had learned recently about exit strategies? I was in a seminar recently with an angel investor, and it's an investor who invests in small startups, primarily Danish companies. But, you know, there's the same concept in the United States, and you could say it's exactly the same in the US and in Denmark. It's an investor that buys either shares or part of a company that is already existing. This company needs some capital or for some companies, they need a mentor, and that's also why they're looking for a business angel or venture capitalist or or something like that. And there are different ways to, to actually support small businesses like that. So I was at this seminar, and it was hosted by this business angel. Her name is Ennis Dampe Olesen, and what we discussed in in one of the sessions was actually exit strategy. What she does is when she invests in these smaller startups, these companies, is that she invests because of the people, because she really believes in those people that have started the company. She believes that they will take that company to another level and from what I can see on her investments, she is actually quite good at, you know, doing that because some of the company that she's a part of has, you know, just had growth, insane high growth over the years. Um, so it's very much for her about the personal relationship. And for her, it's also a gut feeling when she exits, which makes sense when it's people, you know, that you're working with, that it's, you know, okay, now the business has grown and it's now time to find some other partners or we as business angels have now outgrown that company or something like that. So for her, it's a matter of gut feeling. There has been instances where she had to exit because the company had a partner or got a new partner and where she then sold her shares because she thought, okay, well, maybe there's something in that relationship that didn't fit with her business model, etc. So that how that's how she exits. And I think for something like that, that makes a lot of sense. For us in the public markets, it's more difficult, in my opinion, to exit on a gut feeling, at least for me, it's it's very, very difficult because 
we don't usually know the people behind the stocks. I know that someone like Warren Buffett, of course, you know, he has met the management of the company, something of someone of that caliber. And I also know Stig Broderson from uh, the Investors Podcast Network that he has met business owners as well in companies he invests in. So it is absolutely possible for investors to meet up with management teams and kind of get that feel for the management team. But for most of us, we never get to meet management of companies unless, you know, we go to their annual meeting and watch them on stage, for example. So in my opinion, it's, it is more difficult to exit a stock on a gut feeling. I myself use certain parameters and we can revisit that. And we also did talk about that in a previous episode. How about you and gut feeling, Michelle? Usually I wouldn't want to make decisions based on gut feelings because I'm not as intuitive of a person. For some people, when their intuition tells them in a gut feeling, like I should make a certain action, some people have a good result from that. But in my personality type and the Myers-Briggs version of it, where I am a ESTJ, I'm more sensing, which means I tend to rely more on facts and details rather than concepts and ideas. So if I were to make a gut feeling decision, I might not always have the best results when I do that. And so be like, sometimes it might work out. Like, I'm not saying I'm a terrible gut decision maker, but you have to know yourself. You have to know what your pitfalls may potentially be. And so being mindful of that, like, for example, I sold Google stock at some point because I thought I paid maybe too much for it. And I was thinking, you know, with the advent of all this artificial intelligence, machine learning technology that could potentially threaten Google's business model, I might not have enough information and maybe I paid too much for Google. So I made more of a gut feeling decision because it's not like I have hard evidence or empirical evidence to show that AI is in fact taking away from Google's business. But it made me think like, I don't want to be part of this until I get more information. And so I made kind of a gut feeling decision to sell the stock, even though normally, like we talked about before, we want to always hold on to stocks forever and not just sell based on a gut feeling. So my thinking was maybe I will um, sell it now, but come back into the stock when the price goes down later. And it didn't do that. The stock price went up since I had sold. So I may have made a bad decision at that moment, perhaps, but I thought I could allocate that money elsewhere. So it remains to be seen if I will ultimately have made the wrong decision. Um, in the short term, it looks like I made the wrong decision, but maybe in the long term, if I've properly reallocated money, maybe it will be the right decision over time. So it's sort of like a tough call. Like you can see, there's a lot of gray areas with this kind of decision that I made. Yeah. And I think actually that's a great example of an event that's happening or disruption that's going on where you could actually, I would say as an investor say, okay, how do I feel about this situation? Does my gut tell me that this situation for the long term is is good for the company or bad? I actually think that's a very, very good example you have there, Michelle, of an event 
that happened or disruption that happened in an industry where it's time to look inwards and think, do I believe that this is going to be good for the company or bad and then exit like that? So in my opinion, that's a, an excellent example, actually, of, of using your gut feeling and regardless or not, if it's the right decision or not, you could say that it is a risky investment until the dust settles in the AI industry, because it is going to be difficult to know who will win. And right now it looks like OpenAI, which is the company behind ChatGPT, is the winner. But long-term, who knows what's going to happen. Google didn't do too good to begin with, but they are moving fast in terms of, of learning. So you never know. So that's a really, really good example. When it comes to exit strategy, so talking again back to exit strategy and maybe not as much as a gut feeling, you mentioned that you were an ESTJ and we yep. actually, right before the podcast, we talked about our different Myers-Briggs profiles. And if you want to go take a Myers-Briggs test online, you can do that. We could share a free test in the search result if you want to go find out which profile you are. I'm also ESTJ. But I'm um, also have a lot of P, so ESTP in me. And um, ESTJ is also known as the manager. So uh -huh. a manager type person. And the ESTP is known as more of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Also the, the P, the difference there between judging um, and then being more in the now, in the moment, making some quick decisions and things like that. So so that's kind of the the dis the distinction between those two profiles. But but yeah, it's it was actually funny to find out because even though we are quite different as people, but we, we actually have the same profile. That was kind of of uh, yeah, fun to find out actually. <laughs> Yeah. And that perceiving the P that's a little uh, different from judging the J, like perceiving, like you were saying, is more in the now and may suit an entrepreneur because they tend to be more uh, needing to adapt quickly to change. Whereas like judging may might uh, not be as, uh, you know, ready to change as quickly as a P might. So it's it can be suitable that we can actually go between both like sometimes we might feel more p and i used to feel that way when i was younger i used to be more of a show off and i also uh, might have made more impulsive decisions when i was younger so i might have been also more estp but i've gravitated more to estj so it's interesting how we might evolve over time as well and so not to get so into that but like, you know, you can see if you know yourself and your personality type, that can only benefit you when it comes to knowing how you tend to make decisions when it comes to investing. So generally, I, I would prefer to gather more facts and try to, you know, stack up the evidence, like based on what I've read in newspapers and online um, information and, you know, seeing the hard evidence manifest across a company's 10 Qs and 10 Ks, like they're quarterly and annual reports to see, okay, is their revenue or their net income and their final profits and free cash flows? How is that being affected by 
you know, potential events and industry changes and disruptions like we talked about that could affect the company's bottom line. So if you gather that kind of evidence, that can also give you some clues as to what your exit strategy might need to be. So you you would form your own criteria as to what are the reasons why I might potentially exit a business or exit and sell a stock based on the criteria you come up with. So ideally you come up with some of that ahead of time and not just do a gut feeling thing like I did, which I I recommend not doing what I did based on just kind of my, uh, you know, feeling basis, because I'm more of a thinking and factual kind of person. So I may have acted a, le- a little bit out of my normal character in that decision. Talking about these, you know, whether or not to use your gut feeling this week, I had to exit a trade I had made. It's a it's a trade that I learned from Phil Town, and it's not a value investing trade. It's it's another kind of of options trade that he's also teaching. And what happened was that some of the parameters to exit that trade actually happened this week, and I had to exit. And that's where. It's again about removing emotions and looking at facts and just, you know, executing that exit according to what I already know I have to do. And that made it, you know, even though it's a a difficult thing to exit a trade before you're actually supposed to exit it, it makes it so much easier when you know what to do. And that's why I also always recommend that when you buy a stock, that you always at that point also decide when am I going to exit? Of course, there can happen things that you could have never foreseen where you need to to exit, but it's a good idea to to think through it and actually decide, okay, we talked about our selling strategy in a previous episode, and we're going to link to that. And in that episode, you can hear some of the levers we're talking about that could make us exit. So my point here is to when you buy that stock or a share in a company, at that time, you already kind of need to find out what would make me exit the stock, what could potentially happen. And then if that happens, you just know, okay, it's a matter of just exiting without having to, ah, uh, should I exit or shouldn't I exit? And that's just, you know, we see a lot of that. And especially right now with things happening in the stock market, stocks are going down and people are asking, ah, you know, should I exit right now? And, you know, people ma- made money maybe on the stock, but now it's it's going down. So should I exit now or should I keep it? And it just helps you not being in doubt, but already know at what point do I actually need to use this exit strategy? So I definitely recommend you to have some thoughts around that. And I know that sometimes things happen, right? So we saw Buffett recently exit one of his positions. And maybe you want to speak more about that, Michelle. Yeah. And I mean, Berkshire Hathaway buys and sells a good amount of stock. So sometimes they sell completely out of some things that they've only owned for a short amount of time. For example, Taiwan Semiconductor and Mm -hmm. the ticker symbol is TSM. And they put a lot of money into it. I think almost $5 billion. 
And the interesting thing is that they only held on to it for less than a year. And it's surprising to me because by the time they made that purchase to invest a lot of money in that semiconductor company, we already know Russia has been in its war with Ukraine for a while. And we know China has some geopolitical risks because a lot of people think, oh, China might go into Taiwan and try to take yeah, it they, back. Yeah, they have it in their strategy. China, at that time, China already had it in their strategy that they so, would take over Taiwan, right? So he knew yeah. that. So you would think Buffett and his investing management team knows that this is a significant risk. Like, what if Taiwan loses its autonomy and then that could impact a great business that is TSM. But it seemed like they had weighed the risks and made that investment anyway. But then a few months later, they completely got out of that. And maybe Buffett thought Japan is offering a much safer investment environment. So he hopped from one island to another. And it's kind of interesting because who knows if that was a good or bad decision to have both invested and divested out of TSM. But nonetheless, maybe, you know, from what we heard, I think at this year's annual meeting, Buffett may have said that, you know, he just thought the geopolitical risks were too great with China. So he didn't want to kind of be there anymore. So even a great investor like Warren Buffett sometimes, you know, also maybe may, may have made a little bit of a gut feeling decision there because he can't fully know, like, it's not like you can pinpoint the exact business risk and calculate an exact percentage like, oh, what are the chances that China will invade Taiwan and then I have to get out of my business there? But maybe he thought about it some more and they made the decision there are other safe, also acceptable places that you can invest that you don't have to even worry about this geopolitical risk. So that may have you know come down to a final judgment call that they had. So, you know, it it. There's so many things that, you know, you think you made a right decision. And the same thing with when Buffett invested in the airlines. Like, I think he'd been invested in four airlines in America, including United and and American and Delta. Yeah. And maybe one of the others like Southwest. But I think so. When the pandemic unfolded, he can't control what happens to the airline businesses, which got decimated at that time. And he didn't want to be on the hook for if the government had to bail out the airlines. And he thought that they wouldn't if Berkshire had a substantial stake in them. So that was also kind of a gut feeling decision, in my opinion, because if if he had stayed in it, he might not have predicted that the airlines would come roaring back when everybody with their pent up you know, demand for wanting to travel, that they quickly got back onto a lot of airlines. So, you know, it's sort of maybe sometimes a gut decision that ends up happening. And, you know, maybe he didn't have an exact exit strategy with the airlines or with the semiconductor company, but, you know, sometimes unforeseen things happen that you, you just have to kind of make a reaction that you think will help you not to lose money in the end. It's so funny because Buffett, he have mentioned on many occasions that he doesn't look at the macro picture when he invests, but it does sound like he's looking a little bit right with these two examples that he might actually, hmm, what would a pandemic to do to the macro economics? What would, you know, geopolitical issues do to a company? So, so it is interesting. And sometimes we need to 
look at what Buffett do and not as much as to what he says. And it's funny because so many people have opposite interpretation. There's there's so many people that are like, let's do what Buffett says and not what he does. But I think it speak actions obviously speak louder than words. So, you know, no matter what Buffett might say, you have to also pay attention to what he does. And I think that's important to remember. So, you know, nobody's perfect. Of course, we all make mistakes. And in spite of Buffett admitting that he has made so many mistakes, he's still turned up on, you know, a good good side. So he's been <laughs> yeah. very fortunate yeah. that no matter what, you know, sort of things he regrets, he, you know, you just keep trying to improve. The most important lesson here is that we try to learn from any mistakes we made and just keep doing better next time. So as long as we're not too hard on ourselves and and try to move forward and try to take actions that help us make better investment decisions, we can forgive ourselves. Like, I don't even care that I sold Google, you know, it's like totally out of sight, out of mind. Like I, I'm now involved with other investments. So it's fine. You know, maybe I'll come back to Google someday, but at this time I'm okay with my decision. So you know, you have to be okay with the decisions you make and not regret too much. Yeah, I 100% agree. And what you also can do is you can write down your reflections so that if a situation should ever occur again, then you can find your notes from that time and and see, okay, yeah, it does look like I need to exit or something like that. Some of the learnings you've had, make sure to to keep that data yeah, uh -huh. I definitely do that. So I encourage everyone to to just, you know, write a few things down on, on what you've learned. It also helps you remember it. Like a couple of years from now, you will not be able to remember what exactly happened. So, um, yeah, I recommend that. So we are about to finish the episode for, for today. Thank you so much, Michelle. I, you know, when when we started this episode, I wasn't sure we could say all that much about exit strategies because of our selling episode earlier. But I actually think and I hope the listeners also benefited from it. But I really enjoyed, you know, hearing some of your experience and, and some of the things you shared. Yeah. And I think this was great. I mean, you made a wonderful suggestion, like we should take reflections after decisions we make like uh especially with investments and you know it's normal to to do things like this too like i'm a project manager by my occupation and we would write reflections after we finish a project and figure out what went well or not but yeah so if we apply similar techniques to investing decisions other important financial decisions you know, that can only help you get better in the future because there's something important and powerful about writing down experiences and reflecting. So I hope that also resonates with people. And I think that definitely was a net add to what we previously talked about. So thanks so much, Sina, for also sharing all your insights and experiences. All right. We are back on Tuesday. Till next time. If you enjoyed the show and found the content informational, we would be super grateful if you would leave us a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you automatically get new episodes in your feed. We publish a new show every Tuesday.
The contents of the Investing Mastermind podcast are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. None of this is investing advice. And if you need help in your personal situation, please consult with a professional.